Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is episode number 50 of Purple Mafia. I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey, whichever way you like to say it. I like Paladino Joey because it's more fun. And of course, episode number 50 is a major milestone for Purple Mafia. So it is really a big deal for me, at least, to finally get to episode number 50. And I thank all of you listeners out there who made this possible, along with Dylan Richardson, who is a part of and the head of thesportstuff.com, which hosts this show, along with iTunes. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show and to the other 49 of Purple Mafia. It means a great deal to me. It really, really does. Unfortunately, though, episode number 50, Will, unfortunately, it's just now there's a dark cloud over it. There's a dark cloud over episode number 50, and it's really a shame. It really is. With uh, the game yesterday, it was plain and simple. Plain and simple. A very bad day. And I'm telling you, it really, really was. And um, that's the gist of the show in terms of uh, the Vikings. We're going to review the game. We're going to talk about the part that was (laughs) absolutely a huge part of the title of this show today. And uh, the whole gist of the whole idea right now, unfortunately, a very bad day. E.J. Henderson broke his femur. He broke his femur yesterday. The uh, middle linebacker starting, middle linebacker, Pro Bowl caliber middle linebacker. E.J. Henderson is out for the rest of the year, and who knows how much afterwards with a broken femur. Just very, very devastating. Uh, the season isn't over by any means. The Vikings are 10-2. and Adrian Peterson... And Brett Favre are still very much in the mix, despite with, despite their performances yesterday. They're still very much in the mix, along with the Williams wall. And uh, luckily, the Vikings have some depth in the linebacking core. And you hope and pray to God that that does work out. As uh, that's about the only positivity you have out of yesterday's game. That's about it. I mean, New England, uh, excuse me, the uh, New Orleans Saints. Down by 10 points with about 5 minutes to go against the Washington Redskins. And you know how the Washington Redskins, you know what they do best, right? They screw up good team seasons or playoff teams trying to make the playoffs. They screw up their season, right? Just like the Redskins did to us in 1992 in the first round of the playoffs. The Vikings were 11-5. and The Redskins came in 9-7 and and destroyed us 24-7. to And, of course, we know what the Redskins did in 2007, and we know who made a very a controversial video about the Redskins <laughs> because of my just extreme frustration with how they came in and buried us in 2007. Yeah, that was my YouTube video if you ever want to check it out. Vikings versus Redskins back in 07. I was a not a happy camper. So now I digress back to the Redskins and the Saints. Well, looks like the Redskins are going to screw up the Saints' chances of getting home field advantage because, eh, you know, you we know the Vikings are going to beat the the, uh, the Cardinals later today. There's no doubt about it. Cardinals' defense just sucks. We're going to... Favre is going to have another three to four touchdown day and maybe Adrian Peterson will break loose for 100, 100 to 150 yards, you know, and who knows, anywhere from zero to three touchdowns in the game. You know, it, it'll, it'll be an easy one for us, the Vikings. Well, maybe not easy, but it will be. Uh, the Vikings will win one way or another because Arizona's defense sucks. We might give up a few points, but we're gonna we're gonna score more than them in the end because we're just better than them, right? Wrong. Yeah, wrong on both accounts. 
Wrong on both accounts. That's another reason why it was a very bad day. That is another reason, folks. And, um... <laughs> wrong on both, folks. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's just... It, it's the... It's the pain and the frustration of being a Minnesota sports fan. And yes, yeah, a Minnesota Vikings fan. And I apologize to some of you out there that might not like hearing that. But it's the truth. It is the truth. 110% the truth. We've been through so much in this town. <laughs> so much. When things look so good and how they turn so quickly. Now, as I'm going to say a million times over again, and I know a lot of you out there all, all, as well will say a lot of you purple hearts out there will say that yeah of course it's just one game chill out well we EJ Anderson's out for the year and the New Orleans Saints beat the Redskins because they couldn't make a chip shot field goal with time expiring not only did they give up a very very quick easy touchdown drive by the New Orleans Saints they couldn't they they made a nice drive at the end of regulation of their own and couldn't make it uh, an extra point basically to put the Saints on the on the hook for their first loss of the year and give the Vikings a chance to tie the New Orleans Saints for the top record in the NFC if they beat the Cardinals. So no, being wrong on both the counts and both things going the wrong way, the Vikings trail the New Orleans Saints by two games, thus making the road to the Super Bowl looking black and gold. Looking very black and gold, unfortunately. Uh, unless the Vikings can overcome two games against the New Orleans Saints. Now that's very possible. They are the Saints. We can always we can make all the fun we want of the Minnesota Vikings playoff record and late season record and Brett Favre's December record over the years. Yeah. But but the New Orleans Saints playoff record and December record and all that good stuff is virtually non-existent. So, they have two playoff victories in their history. Yeah, that's not good. I might be wrong. It might actually be three if I'm thinking. There might be a third one back in the the uh, the 80s. But uh, to my recollection, that was their first ever playoff. Their first ever playoff victory was in 2000. And then they came to play the Minnesota Vikings in the Metrodome that year, who had the first round bye with Dante Culpepper, and the Vikings beat them. And, uh, yeah, so not much playoff history there. And, of course, they had a nice run to the NFC Championship game where they won one playoff game. They had the bye that year. They had one playoff game, but unfortunately they ran into the Chicago Bears in uh, Soldier Field, who in turn went and got their butts kicked by the Colts. So that's just how that goes. The Saints' playoff history is not very good, but uh, hmm, we're just going to have to find out. It's going to be the year of the underdog, it looks like. The Vikings and Saints possibly in the NFC Championship game. If we can stay healthy enough and if we can actually get there. You know, we still got to get there first. And so do the Saints, believe it or not. We saw what happened to the Giants last year. But, uh, mm. yeah, my, my, uh, let's just say my expect, my, uh, my hopes were dashed quite a bit yesterday. It, it really hurt. Yesterday's loss hurt. One game or not, it hurt. Because in a way it was three losses. You lose another game on the New Orleans Saints. You lose the game itself which sucks, and it's demoralizing considering how badly they beat us. And you lose E.J. Henderson for who knows how long. I mean, this is a femur, folks. It's like, how the hell do you break a femur? That is pretty severe stuff. That's that's really bad. That's really bad. And um, thoughts and prayers and hopes go with E.J. Henderson. Always. That guy is a just an awesome football player. And um, 
it just you know we we had a nice season. We won a division without him last year in the whole second half of the year, or just two thirds of the year with those dislocated toes in Tennessee. This one's a little worse, though. I mean, a femur, boy, I don't know. I don't know how long the recovery's really going to be. Even if he's back on the field, man, that thing, <laughs> man, getting a femur back up to strength and all the muscle around the femur, boy, I don't know. I don't know. Hence, <laughs> look at the ACL injury of Al Jefferson, and look at, look, he's, you know, eleven about 11 months later, and he's still struggling out there. Wow. So, hmm, we're just going to have to hope and pray. I mean, and, and you know what? Figure just as much as I'm still not even getting into the game yet. I just I'm gonna get I'm just gonna keep going with EJ for the time being, and I'll get back into him later. Uh, this isn't gonna be a short show, folks. Just warning. <laughs> it's just not. It's just too much going on. Um, the, the 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 whole joke. I mean, it was like the night of the jinx. It was the night of the jinx. I'm gonna get further into that, but I'll mention this really quick first. They were saying, oh, you know, EJ Henderson, you know, the the, the linebackers coach was saying, ah, you know, this is terrific. E.J. Henderson is just getting up to speed now from the toe injury. He's finally 100% now. Bam! Femur injury. Terrific. I mean, it was the night of the jinx, folks. And I'm going to get into the couple more. <laughs> and you can kind of guess who it's going to be about. Yeah, Red Favre. So now we're going to actually get into the game review. Just, I had to get a lot of that off my chest. And uh, I'm sure plenty of you out there appreciate at least some of that. <laughs> So, here we go. Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, yep, no, it wasn't uh, It wasn't Matt Leinert, Mr. 200 yards, no touchdown, no interception. Mr., you know, Mr. No No mistake, but no no score either. No guts, no glory, so to speak. It wasn't Matt Leinert. It was Kurt Warner who returned from a concussion. The Cardinals win the toss, receive first, of course. But, you know, I'm always, like, good. I, I almost like to lose the toss sometimes. So, uh, you get an opportunity to get going in the second half. Maybe you get a late score at the end of the second quarter and get the ball and get another score in the start of the uh, second half. Hey, why not? Some that, you know That's how a whole game can change real quick, or you could pull away and say adios, bye-bye, and, uh, and just enjoy the Arizona sun <laughs> the next day or so, or whatever they do. Heck with it, right? Um, unfortunately, though, folks, a bullet pass by Warner. I mean, this guy has a fast release, man. Whoa, you know, this guy has an amazing release. Just, it was like literally the ball. The second the ball was in his hand, it was already in somebody else's hand. It's like the guys are. are it's like my goodness. What is he? A Terminator or or something? Or is he an android? Is he Lieutenant Commander Data or something? Uh, Hightower, Mister Hightower, a guy who I was a little bit afraid of coming in. You know, not because he's great, but because you know he's he's dangerous. He's one of those kind of guys who can screw you good. You know, late in the game. And in, in a game like this, just just because he's kind of an underdog type player who is capable of breaking loose on occasion, and he did break loose for a nice game, but fumbled on the Cardinals' 49 as the Vikings take over, and it's like, wow, everything's going to be all right real quick here. How about that? A turnover already? The first drive of the game? Oh yeah, this we're going to kick their butts. It's going to be so much fun. Unfortunately, the Vikings, you know, as much as you want to say it's one game at a time. Take it one day at a time, bad, you know, there's no tomorrow, all that good stuff, uh, all those cute cliches. I got to think in the back of the Vikings' minds, they were thinking too much of how easy it's been, how easy it has been. The Detroit Lions, that game they didn't even try until the second half, basically. I mean, it was like, eh, you know, we got them, whatever, and then blew them out in the second half. The Seattle Sea Chickens, they really were the Sea Chickens. They were the Sea 
chicks, you know, and I don't mean women, folks. They were chicks. They weren't even chickens yet. They were so pathetically weak against the Vikings. And the Bears were newborn bear cubs. I mean, it was nothing. Those games were nothing. The Vikings barely had to even try. In fact, they got cute one too many times for, I'm sure, the coaches liking and my liking. And uh, I think you can just tell they developed a lot of bad habits. And boy, oh boy, were those habits exploited in today's game. (laughs) So here we go. Here we go. As I continue to be very long-winded today. And don't be surprised that I'm going to be a little long-winded. It's just, that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be one of those days. It's one of those days, folks. It's uh, And plus, it's episode number 50. So real quick before I get right back to the game review. So yeah, it's the game review. EJ Henderson talk, continu- continuing EJ Henderson talk, and a re- you know a quick little reminiscing of the fifty you know episode of this being episode number fifty. A couple of just things that stood out about the fifty episodes. I'm not going to go over them one by one. Oh no! So don't worry, it'll be a quick little thing. But it's just a reminiscing. It's episode number fifty. Why not? All right. So here we go. It's time to start jinxing because nobody knocked on wood. I'm knocking on it now, but it's too late. Favre came into the game leading the NFL uh-huh, with 112.1 quarterback rating, along with 24 touchdowns and only, yeah, only three interceptions. The first drive, Favre spread the wealth as he was able to complete three passes for first down to Harvin, Rice, and Berrigan. Yeah, Bernard Berrigan caught a pass, got it like that, and then a pass to end the end zone to Shanko was ruled out of bounds, but it was like the easiest call ever. I mean, I don't know, for whatever reason, they must not have seen something. And uh, it was challenged, and yeah, it was overturned. The Vikings got a touchdown. Three three pass completions, four di- or four pass completions, four different receivers. Tassan Deshenko did get another yet another touchdown. Unfortunately, Phil Loldholt would walk off the field. Or actually, no, excuse me, he was actually carted off the field. I'm thinking of Brian McKinney. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Luckily, he came back. Yeah, let's just say it was a painful day. There's a lot of sore Vikings right now, especially EJ. Lodeholt was carted off the field a play earlier, but Lodeholt would return later in the game. So it was 7 nothing Minnesota at this point in time. Enjoy a while last, right? And despite a couple of nice completions to Enquin Bolden as the Cardinals had to take over, the Cardinals were pushed back to their 45 and had to punt. And it's, whew, if only things could have kind of stayed in this direction for the Vikings. If only. Because this was pretty much about it right here. This was it. This was the end of the positivity for Minnesota. Other than some more jinxing by <laughs> by by NBC. Let's just say they jinxed the heck out of the Vikings. Favre had 12 touchdowns and no interceptions in November. No knocking on wood again. Mm-hmm. 12 touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, they really wanted to jinx Favre, didn't they? They just wanted to. And plus the whole thing. Favre in December, it's not the same as it is, you know, the first... Three months of the year. December has not been kind to Brett Favre, and so far he's 0-1. But here we go. 12 touchdowns, no interceptions in November. For the year, he has an 8-touchdown to... Had had an 8-touchdown to 1-interception ratio. And Favre also has a career high in consecutive passes without interceptions. I believe it was at 140-ish at the time. (sighs) Thanks so much. NBC for jinxing the living crud out of Brett Favre. I mean, you talk about jinxes. Every single one of those went down. Bam, kablooey. And I mean down the toilet. And he wasn't necessarily horrible, but he sure as hell wasn't the Brett Favre that you're seeing on those in those stats and uh, in other games. 
And also, yeah, when you talk about November, they forgot to mention that the Vikings played the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Bears. Yeah, they forgot that. They forgot those details as well. Um, no, the Packer game was in there, and he had just the game of his life. But, yeah, here we go. So right as they said that, right as they said that, the curse, the purple cloud, well, the not purple, a black cloud rolled in to the Viking side of the stadium, at least, as the Vikings would go three and out in a just zero, just nothing. You could just feel it coming right there, because guess what happens, folks? Right as the Vikings go three and out, Chris Cluey gets a really nice 55-yard punt, but what happens? <laughs> Cardinals' third receiver, Steve Breston, 64 yards. To the one, you thought it was a touchdown, yeah, but Sanford, who saved it for one play, big deal, and Warner basically just let go of the ball before it was in his hand and into Anquin Bolden. This was only his second touchdown of the year. How about that? Tie, tie, uh, game-tying touchdown. Anquin Bolden with two touchdowns of the year at that point. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what what a game for the Vikings. Oh, why did all this happen? Seriously, why did this happen? Ugh. <laughs> oh. Because the Vikings have another three and out. And, folks, there was a lot of three and outs and a lot of disappointment after this. And it just hurts to even remember Bryant McKinney limping up the field. He looks okay. He would return shortly thereafter. But uh, just, I hated this game so much. Oh, If only you could see my eyes. Maybe I should get my butt back on YouTube real soon. Oh, I hated this game so much. This was probably the most, this was one of the most frustrating games in history. It really was. Because pretty much from here on out, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, the team that would give up yards and touchdowns like nobody's business. Like you needed any type of stop from this team, they'd give up a game-ending touchdown and they'd be done. Except in the playoffs when their offense was so damn good, they exploded. And then in the Super Bowl, their defense just let them down. They look like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They look like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it... What the hell? Why? Why? <laughs> it's like, I know teams have a right to have a good game, but it's like, my God, why does it always have... It just feels like sometimes. <laughs> and no, it's not always against us, because the Bears had probably their worst game in like two years. But still. Still, it was just... Un... This was this was weird. <laughs> the Cardinals are a good team. I'm going to give them all the credit in the world as I continue to review this game, but, oh, it just, I couldn't believe their defense played as well as it did. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you couldn't, the Farv couldn't complete a pass, especially as we get into the second half pretty shortly. Couldn't complete a pass because the coverage was so good. And Peterson, oh my goodness, the guy couldn't get a yard. Couldn't even get a yard. First quarter would end. The Cardinals are, are through to nine, but unfortunately they get a, <laughs> They get a first down because of dumb penalties, and there were so many penalties in this game. I couldn't even believe it. There were so many penalties against the Vikings. It was unbelievable. And no, I'm not blaming the ref. Because you can't count on the refs to save your ass. You can't do it. You can't do it. They're never going to save your ass. you got to play a game, and, and that's it. Let them penalize you 950 times. Just, just score. That's all you got to do. Amazingly, and I mean amazingly, because it sure didn't seem like it. The penalties were even. Six penalties for 50 yards apiece. It felt like one for the cards, cards, cardinals, whatever, for five yards. Maybe like a, a, a 
off, no, not even an offside, a false start, which is almost, you know, whatever. Or, and then like 50 for the Vikings for like a thousand yards. That's what it felt like because every single penalty the Vikings got was at a crucial point in the game, one way or another. Crucial point in the game where, say, there was some type of, I don't know, they, they'd give up free plays, they'd go offsides. So then Kurt Warner would get a free play, the Vikings would be cut off guard, and bam, it'd be a touchdown or something. Some big first down. That's just what kind of game it was. Yeah. That's just what kind of game it was. The Cardinals were luckily stopped, though, in that drive as they tried to run, I mean, they tried to get Antrell Roll to make a pass because they say how he's got a great arm, which is kind of funny. Antrell Roll, yeah. He did take off for nine yards, but the Vikings stopped him one yard short. Unfortunately, the Vikings, again, same not same old nothing. Because that's pretty much what it was the whole game. Warner would just begin to explode. Warner and Bolden just explode here. It just blows up. Just a real quick play. Anquan Bolden with a 39-yard catch to Pater. It was just, he caught it. Vikings missed the tackles. He blew by people. He blew by people on the sideline and then ran in, which is like, how, you know, how do you give up that kind of play? How do, how do you not at least push him out of bounds or something? The Vikings just missed him in every way possible. And I love Anquan Bolton. He's my favorite Arizona Cardinal. I mean, every year in fantasy football, I just want to have him. And trust me, folks, I really wanted to get him this offseason. Anquan Bolton and Favre would look a lot better than Anquan Bolton getting two touchdowns against the Vikings in in a, in week 13. It would have been a lot nicer had he been in purple. Mm-hmm. It would have made a big difference. So here we go. Cardinals now take the lead. Only Bolden's third touchdown of the season, which is, again, what the hell? 14-7 to Cardinals, and that was the end of the game, basically right there. Cardinals already won the game. Because I don't give a rat's ass about a garbage-time touchdown. Sorry, I don't care. Don't care at all. Who cares? As here we go, the Vikings start showing some type of hope here. They start running the ball with Peterson and Taylor. Vikings cannot convert, though, on a shovel pass. As they get to get into field goal range, it was a pretty good field goal range. Vikings just could not convert, though. I mean, this was a play they needed so badly. But again, the Cardinals look like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every single time the Vikings tried to break loose, there was Cardinals right everywhere, every, everywhere around. The crowd was louder than hell. And that was it. There you go. A 25-yard chip shot field goal. A much-needed touchdown. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. 14-10. to 10. Yep, we're down by four. The Vikings get an interception, which was really awesome. <laughs> we're all excited. But, oh, guess what? Offsides. It was just a free play. Offsides. Yep. Great job, Ray Edwards. So, no interception. That was over. That was all over just like that. So, what do you think happened almost immediately after that? Just take one flipping guess. Yeah, the Cardinals would get a touchdown in two plays. Two more plays. Because, oh, Larry Fitzgerald, it, it was it was his turn now. You know, Bolden had his two touchdowns. So it's like, uh-oh, now we got to be, now you've got to be good little boys and girls and give Larry Fitzgerald his turn. It was just like, it was so easy. I mean, Warner and Fitzgerald make it look so easy. And, uh, yeah, like I say, they should have won the Super Bowl last year. 
these two guys, the way they were playing, they deserved it. Their defense let them down, and it didn't today, that's for sure. One quick pass, 25 yards, and another. Both, the coverage was insanely terrible. I mean, we looked like the Cardinals' defense. It was, it was, it was the opposite. The Cardinals looked like the Vikings' defense, and the Vikings looked like the Cardinals' defense. I mean, it's like, here you go, enjoy, touchdown, 21 to 10. It's like, wow, I can't believe this. And that was with a minute left to play in the half. The Cardinals just, right after that little interception that could have been ours, was unfortunately an offsides all along. Oh, goody. Thanks a lot, <laughs> you know. And uh, and it was like, there you go, there's, there's any moral boost the Vikings had after that. Gone, over. Minute left to play. The Vikings drew their two-minute huddle. They get a first down. Oh, goody. But then here we go. This was a harbinger of what was to come in the second half. As after the Vikings get a first down, Adrian Wilson almost gets an interception. <laughs> this is the wrong Adrian, right? Vikings fail again, though, and that was just a just a joke. As again, I'm going to emphasize again, when did Arizona learn how to play defense? And... Um, Chris Collinsworth was talking about how the Cardinals were kind of, they were trying a different style of defense the last couple, uh, or like a more aggressive style of defense the last couple of weeks. They, they were kind of moving in closer and closer into what turned into today, basically. And uh, doesn't that just figure? <laughs> doesn't that just figure that they finally learned how to play defense right when it was this game? You know, what a, what a tough one. So that was it, 21-10 to 10 in a very brutal first half. And at the time, I was saying that in hopes of, yep, things would change. Vikings would come out with a great energy like they do every time, basically. This year, they came out with a great energy. And uh, things would change dramatically. It would be a very close game, and maybe the Vikings would pull it out in the end. Well, at the very start of it, they came out with some energy. Nice game by Percy Harvin. Just took off. And then Wilson, almost another interception. And it's like, boy, the old take care and tempt not thy fates. Well... This one was even closer. This one was even closer, and it was just a sign that here we go. This game is about to be really, really ugly, and all the the, the good luck, so to speak, good fortune of the Vikings would come to an end real quick because on the very next pass, and I mean the very next pass, Carlos Nansby interception, so any momentum the Vikings had was done right there. Over. That wasn't necessarily the end of the game right there. But that really, really stuck the wooden stake into it. <laughs> About as far as you can get. Mm. It's the Vikings defense again. Just the rest of the game continued to struggle. At least until, oh, halfway through the fourth quarter when it didn't matter as much anymore. Tim Hightower and Wright. They just, they just walked right through us. So where's the great rush defense? Clock starting to run a little bit. Because, you know, when you have the lead, you want to run a little more. Not get, not risk as many uh, interceptions. Even though Kurt Warner's not going to throw that many, he's kind of the other Brett Favre, really. He he, he kind of is, you could say, just not as long of a career because he was too busy uh, working for a grocery store and in the Arena League, about you know 15 years ago. And like I say, Warner might have a faster release than Favre. It is just sick. It is sick how quickly he gets rid of the ball. Um, he he is the fastest release in the NFL. Favre's is the second fastest. Yeah, and it's two of the oldest quarterbacks in the NFL, yet they have the fastest release. Pretty pretty amazing. 
Cardinals were making it look easy for the time being, but luckily they finally were stopped. No touchdown at least. That was the end of the touchdowns for the Cardinals. Pat Williams would bat away the pass, but it was only 31-yard field goal. Not too hard for Rackers. So now here we go, 24-10. The hole is beginning to get deeper. And the Vikings offense, just more crap. More crap. Favre threw another interception. This one was to Michael Adams. And didn't you know that the Vikings, that the announcers talking about Favre's career high in passes without an interception, things would turn dramatically. And boy, did they ever. Two interceptions. So he goes from no interceptions in November to two in one game. No interceptions in 140 passes or whatever. To two in about a span of six. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks so much. But the, yeah, the Vikings defense finally started uh, keeping the Cardinals out of the end zone, but not out of field goal range. As then it was 27-10, just before you know it. And then after that, it was 30-10. to <laughs> Things just continue to snowball for the Vikings down the stretch. 27-10 and 30-10. to I mean, it was just, they were just making it so easy. And at the point that it was... Uh, 30-10, to 10, it didn't really matter anymore. Any hope was already out of the building at that point in time. And then Brett Favre just adds a uh, garbage touchdown pass to Percy Harvin to make it 30-17. to 17. That was a nice 31-yard catch and, and run for Percy Harvin. But the million-dollar question is, where was that earlier? Where was that in that third quarter? Instead, it was in the hands of uh, either Adrian Wilson not being able to hang on, or Michael Adams... <laughs> Or, or just about anybody else. I mean, that's pretty much all that mattered, right? Carlos Dansby. It just was unbelievable. As uh, Again, I apologize. This show is going to be kind of long. That's just how it's going to go today, though. That's just how it is going to go. Vikings, by the way, no sacks of Kurt Warner. They did get three of their own. And um, that's pretty much all she wrote. That is pretty much all she wrote. We're going to also uh, preview the Cincinnati Bengals game as well. There's just so much to get to. So I'm, I'm going to, first I'm going to take a quick break here to gather myself a little bit. Yeah, going through that again was just not fun. I'm sorry I made you guys go through it too, but uh, hey, this is, this is a Vikings podcast. Got to talk about it. So we'll be right back. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 50, which is a reminder for iPod users. Don't forget to check out my other two podcasts, Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, both on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. They're very self-explanatory on which teams they cover. So there you go. Do check them out. All righty. Here we go. Hope you enjoyed the choice of music. That was Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> that was Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> why not? You know, why not? All right, well, Cincinnati Bengals. So, no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. As the Vikings will take on another first-place team. This one in the more friendly confines of the Metrodome. But you could argue the Bengals are uh, even better than the Cardinals. Don't think their offense is going to be quite as dangerous. Though you could argue that as well. You could argue that as well. Uh, Can't believe the season Cedric Benson is having. Um... Shane Graham, obviously, is one of the best kickers in the league. That's not everything, but if you need a big field goal late in the game, that guy's one of the best. 
on Cedric Benson. Carson Palmer is having the kind of year, you know, that he that he's that, that it's been it's certainly eluded him for quite a while because of his elbow issues. And of course, that unfortunate ACL injury back in '05 when the stupid Pittsburgh Steelers went on and won the Super Bowl and hurt him. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but still, it happened. Happened nonetheless. Carson Palmer, well, the numbers weren't so sexy yesterday against the Detroit Lions. I'm not sure if it was because the car, the uh, the Bengals weren't scared or what. It was a home game for Cincinnati. They pull it out 23-13. to A very a fairly lazy-looking game, actually, when you look at Carson Palmer's numbers. The Bengals, 9-3 and three on the year. 9 and three. That is pretty good. They have given up only 187 points in the year, which is the lowest in the which is the the lowest in the AFC. They're even they have one point less than the Baltimore Ravens allowed this year. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. And Baltimore hasn't even played tonight. They play the Packers tonight. Man, the Packers have a good offense too. That's how good the defense of the Cincinnati Bengals is. They score, but they don't score a ton. They're, you know, they're certainly not up there with the Patriots and Colts and, and Chargers, who are also 9-3. and three. They've certainly made a recovery this year. Big time. Big time. So, Cincinnati Bengals, though, the team at focus. Yeah, Carson Palmer had the kind of game that he had last year. The kind of game. <laughs> he had about 220 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. That's the kind of stuff you saw the last two to three years from him. But to me, I think that's just a lazy game because it's Detroit. That's what I think it is. Stafford was horrible against the Bengals' dangerous defense. Only 42% completion. Two interceptions. Did get a touchdown. But yeah, one of, or excuse me, 11 of 26. It's pretty bad. Benson, well, he did have 110 yards. Had to rush 36 times to get it, though, which is about three yards a carry. So uh, he might be coming back to the pack a little bit. But still, I see him as a as a threat nonetheless. I mean, I saw Hightower as a threat, and he sure was for the Vikings. Um, Warner, it's sad. I barely got into him, though I did mention when I was previewing the Arizona Cardinals last week. I did mention, yeah, the Cardinals will be will play harder this time around because they're not going to allow the Vikings to have it as easy as they did the previous year, and that's sure the case. Sure, the, sure was the case in the end. Um, this is going to be a tough one. The only reason why I think the Vikings can and will win the game is because it is a home game. That's about it. Otherwise, this is a really tough one to call, to be honest with you. It kind of, a lot of it depends on Carson Palmer. Even more so than, than Benson. It's, it depends on Carson Palmer. Is he going to, is he going to play like he did yesterday against Detroit? 220 yards, throw two interceptions and complete 58%, which isn't horrible, but it's not great. Or is he going to be, uh, you know, the really good quarterback that he still, that he definitely is? Is he going to step up and uh, get her done? And it also obviously depends on the Vikings' defensive line. It's 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 Carson Palmer versus the defensive line going into this game. And, of course, Favre. Now, I don't think the December curse is going to affect Favre in the Metrodome. I don't think it will. It might, but I don't think so. I personally say no, that it will not. I think Carson Palmer is the X factor for this coming game. Carson Palmer can go out there and... Uh, have a really, really good game, the Vikings could be in trouble. Because the Cardinals, uh, Cardinals the uh, Bengals' defense is a lot better than the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals played over their head, and they got it done. The Bengals won't have to play over their head. They are what they are. They're a very good defense. They have a defensive-minded coach. And uh, it's been 
a renaissance for guys like Chad, uh, excuse me, Chad Ochocinco and Cedric Benson. Ochocinco is a little bit older. I mean, yeah, it's been a renaissance for all three of the main pieces for the uh, the Bengals, the uh, Bengals offense. Benson's the youngest of the three, but still, all three of them have had a renaissance type of year. Benson's finally playing like a starting running back. Ochocinco's finally really stepping up again, and of course, a lot of that had to do with Carson Palmer finally being healthy, not having a guy named Fitzgerald or something throwing them the ball. I mean, I don't even know who that is. Third string uh, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals backup, because uh, no more John Kitna was a nice backup in Cincinnati years and years ago. So that's pretty much it. To me, it has to be, it really hinges on Carson Palmer and the Vikings defensive line because we will be lacking in the E.J. Henderson factor, or category, excuse me. We will be lacking in that category, and that is very unfortunate. So here we go. We're going to get into E.J. Henderson right now before I get into the final break and start reminiscing on the, the whole 50-episode uh, deal right now. Of course, as I mentioned, I'm not going to review, I'm not going to review every episode. I'm going to say which one was the most this or this was that. You know, re- re- remember this. It's going to be a short little fun reminiscing because it's, Episode number five zero. So that's just so you can keep listening if you're if you're able to. You know what? You won't be bored to death. It'll be a fun little thing. So the mood in the Vikings locker room. This is courtesy of the Star Tribune, where I get the quotes and such. Mood inside the Vikings locker room following a thirty to seventeen loss to the Arizona Cardinals told the seriousness of a leg injury to middle linebacker and emotional leader E.J. Henderson. As of course, E.J. Henderson is now I'm talking again. <laughs> Where's the captain C? He wears the captain C. He's the captain of the defense. One of the main captains on the team. Very, very unfortunate as the room, as they continue to say, the room was completely silent. Completely silent when reporters were allowed in. Several players were visibly shaken and near tears as they talked about Henderson, who suffered a fractured femur. Yeah, femur. Yeah, the ba- the bone that you could use as a baseball bat because it's so big. Mm-hmm. That was in his left leg when he collided with rookie safety Jamarca Sanford on a tackle attempt in the fourth quarter, which was, of course, on Tim Hightower. Um, it's just, when you break a femur, what a, what a freak accident that is. And doesn't it always just figure, it's almost always a teammate when something horrible like that happens. Almost always. Not always, but almost always. Ben Lieber's quote is, when I saw the replay, honestly, it was probably the most gruesome thing I've seen on the football field in a long time. Chad Greenway's quote is, it sucks. It says stinks, but, you know, he's saying sucks because the way they show it here. It sucks. He's our team leader, our friend, and teammate. It's two years in a row. Yeah, two years in a row he's had to deal with injuries, and this is, (laughs) it was terrible. It was hard to watch, and it was hard to continue to play football after it happened. I mean, I could only imagine. I could only imagine. As Henderson was chasing running back Tim Hightower on the play, Sanford came up field and went low for a tackle. Hightower cut in, and Sanford hit Henderson in his leg while it was fully extended. (sighs) I'm sorry. Just terrible, terrible, terrible thing to see. Terrible thing to talk about, and uh, unfortunately we have to because that's what ha- because it, this that's what this is. This is Vikings. Stanford now chimes in. 
it's rough to to see one of our top linebackers go down and knowing I was in on it and the cause of it. But it's part of football. We're just playing hard, and it's just an injury. When I came in, I just took a shot at the running back. He stepped inside, and EJ was there and caught the initial blow. Just, mm. as everyone recognized the gravity of the injury right away. It was now Kevin Williams says it was real tough. I felt I felt bad to see that happen. It's part of the game, but you hate to see those things happen. It's pretty serious. It's now Aaron Henderson. So he held uh, his brother, young young Aaron Henderson, held his brother's hands on the cart. His children says that they took him to a local hospital where he'll have surgery. That it being EJ. Uh, final quote here: Lieber, Ben Lieber. To be real honest, the game was a loss. We've lost before, and we know how to rebound from it. Really, my thoughts are with EJ and his family. You hate to lose a guy like that. I'm just thinking about him. Yeah, I mean, it's mm, very, 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 very tough. Tough indeed. Um, I lied. There's a couple more quick quotes here. As now the talk is that Brinkley, Jasper Brinkley, will likely be a part of things here. He will likely be... uh, Playing a lot of uh, a lot of linebacker here is now they're saying Ben Lieber will move over to middle linebacker, and uh, Jasper Brinkley will take that spot. Jasper Brinkley, though, remember how we were talking about how good he looked, and uh, here we go. I mean, there you go, rookie. Go 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 out there and kick some butt. I mean, this is your opportunity. As Brinkley will likely play in base situations with Lieber taking over in the middle of the nickel package, so it's going to be interesting. I definitely have to step up and do whatever it takes to not miss a heartbeat on the defense. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I just have to do my part. The veterans say they have confidence that Brinkley, Brinkley can handle himself. To see him show his in- instincts all the way from OTAs to training camp and preseason games, we all stepped back at times and said, this kid can play, Lieber said. <laughs> There's no doubt that he has all the tools. Now he just needs to get in there. And get some experiences. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was something we all did talk about several times. Is the amazing uh, ability this guy has, Jasper Brinkley. I mean, he was a, pretty much a steal in the draft, you could say. And uh, now, let, now it's time to see it. I mean, that's what we've heard over and over again is just how great Jasper Brinkley is. And we did see some really nice football in the preseason. Now we'll see if he can do it in real games, real major games that really, really count because it's December. It's December. We're trying to get a bye in the first round. Uh, the Vikings probably will get that. Unfortunately, home field not looking so good anymore. I think the only way the Vikings lose out on a bye is if somehow the Arizona Cardinals finish 12-4 and and the Vikings finish 12-4, and so to speak. Cardinals would have to win all the rest of their games along with the Cowboys and Eagles. And, of course, yeah, the Cardinals would own the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Dallas and Philadelphia, that would have to be something else. So... I don't think that will happen. I think the Vikings will hold on. I don't think they're going <laughs> to... I don't think the Vikings are going to go 2-2 uh, two and two in the final four games. But though they might. But even if they do, I don't think those other teams are going to win 12 games. I just don't see that happening. Um, I just don't. Even if the Vikings do wind up 12-4. and four, I'm personally leaning towards 13-3 and three right now just because that's just... <laughs> I think that's about what it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, E.J. Henderson, that is really a sham. And um, that's the one lucky thing, though. When, you, when you're when you able to draft well, 
major injuries like that might not ruin your whole year, and, and you'll be okay. You know, it might not ruin at least that part of the defense anyway, and uh, things will be okay. And um, it's up to Jasper Brinkley now. We're just going to have to hope for the best. Luckily, we still have Lieber and Greenway as well at the linebacker. I mean, think of how good that linebacker trio is. Greenway, Lieber, and E.J. Henderson. That was good stuff. But uh, last year, the Vikings' defense survived for the most part. It sure as heck wasn't the defense that hurt the, that knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs last year. It was the offense. It was the, uh, and a lot of it was bad play calling and bad, just bad play by the starting quarterback, Tavares Jackson, last season. So we'll see how it goes. As of course, as I'm hint, as I'm talking about, is that that was Easy uh, Henderson wasn't there last year either. So at least I guess they're semi used to it in a way. That's the only. More, that's the only uh, positive that can really come out of it other than Jasper Brinkley has a chance to go out and really show what he can do. So, we'll just close with, we'll close that topic here and now and wish EJ again the absolute best. And uh, we'll come back next year, hopefully, stronger and better than ever, more experienced and all that indeed. So, we will take our final break and we are going to reminisce the 50 episode daily right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 50, which is a reminder for iPod users. So yes, 50 episodes of Purple Mafia. We finally got there. The first of the three shows, of course, to get to 50 episodes, the golden 50th episode. We'll discuss real quickly a couple of milestones, dates, details, odds and ends. It's, it's been fun. I mean, it's been a lot of fun doing the show, listeners, and I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I do encourage you to please tell a friend about this show. If you do like it, please tell a friend about the show. Rate me on iTunes. Make a nice little comment on there. You know, put in a good word for me because, you know, the more the barrier, it only makes my show look better on iTunes and more attractive to future listeners. So here we go. Purple Mafia debuted April 25th, 2008. Episode number one, well, I talked about Jared Allen as the Vikings acquired him right th- right then and there. Vikings acquired Jared Allen. I talked about the off-season talk, and, and that was a really fun, exciting start to my career doing this show, my Purple Mafia career, talking Minnesota Vikings. This, this is my first ever, well, this is my second ever podcast. I, st- I still had Paladino Live, which I started on uh, January 28, 2008, but decided I needed to have a Vikings-only show, so I kind of did. I created a subsidiary show, which, which basically is what it was at the time. Started out, it was just kind of a creative little idea to see how things go, and then the ratings were so much better than Paladino Live. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> damn! Looks like this is a good decision after all, huh?" And uh, that's because you listeners out there, I really, really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, it really does. Please tell your friends, though. Please tell your friends. Don't 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 just don't just uh, don't be shy. And please call into the show. By the way, also get into that in the end here. The very the, the happiest episode I did. Well, it, it's a tie. Episode number thirty six when Favre signed with the Vikings, and episode forty eight was when Favre beat the Green Bay Packers. That was a very happy episode for me. A very positive episode. Both of them were. He signed with the Vikings. That was the August 18th episode that day. August 18th of this year. And the Vecchio over the Packers, November 2nd of this year. That was right before my long layoff because of the, the lawn cleanup crap. So my angriest episode was episode 22. 
that was when the Vikings were eliminated from the Philadelphia Eagles, and I was calling for Brad Childress and Tavares Jackson's job, wondering why Brad Childress was the head coach still, and Tavares Jackson was the starting quarterback. That show was January 6th of this year. The most emotional episode, though, the most overall most emotional episode, episode 20. You guessed it, if some of you out there have been around that long. This was on December 22nd of last year. That was when I attended that amazingly frustrating loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, That was a very emotional episode. Didn't take one note, just sat down in front of the mic and just went off. I just went off. I didn't scream. But I went off, in in a sense. I really did. That was uh, something else. That really was... Uh, mm. It was a good show, though. You should check that one out if you want to check out the archives on the sportsstuff.com. Give it a look if you haven't, if you're like a newer listener and you're curious how that went. As you probably remember that stupid game. And, of course, I reminisced to the year before how the Washington Redskins came in and screwed up our season. Falcons did. They really did. That was like, ah, well, whatever. Here we go again. The most amazing play that I've covered during this these 50 episodes? Favre's pass to Greg Lewis against the 49ers. Yeah, that was just sick. That was amazing. That was uh, the that was just the best ever. I loved it. That was the drive, you could call it. That's what that episode was. The silver episode of this show was the Super Bowl preview, Vikings and the L.A. Stadium Progress. That was January 29th of this year, so... That was literally one year and a day after the Paladino Live debut. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting little knick-knack. That's a little odd and end, you can say. The craziest game during this run, the craziest game during these 50 episodes, was episode 15. The Vikings defeat the uh, Saints. They survived Bush's demolition October 7th of last year. That was just the sickest game ever. Very interesting to cover. Likely the Vikings came out. Hopefully if the Vikings go to New Orleans in the NFC Championship game, even if, if it's crazy like that, hopefully they come out with a victory. You know, hopefully the result is the same, regardless of the uh, two two return touchdowns by Reggie Bush. So that was the craziest game. The episode number 10 milestone was, was about the uh, preseason in 2008. That was August 29th of 2008. And the dumbest line, this is the final, final bit, the dumbest line by a Viking since I've done this show. You have to go all the way back to episode 4, which was June 2nd of 08. Ray Edwards predicts he'll break the NFL single season record. That was uh, that was a really really dumb line, and it was so dumb that it still stands to this day as the dumbest line by the by a Viking. So when I do some reminiscing of episode number one hundred, <laughs> I'll do I'll have that I'll have that same category, and we'll see we'll just see if that Ray Edwards line is still the dumbest. We'll see if an even dumber line pops up. In between now and then. That's another 50 episodes away. So that won't be anytime superly soon. Maybe 2011, early 2011, late 2010. We'll we'll see how things go in terms of that. Depending on how much goes on and how many shows I'm able to do in between now and then. Because it's taken about, oh, about a year and a half. About, taken about 19 months so far. So it eh, probably won't be 2010. Um yeah, this has been an absolute blast doing this for 50 episodes, and uh, I'm looking forward to the Grand 100. Do stay tuned for that. Stay, stick around for all these episodes. Let's keep this thing going. Let's get this show on the map and tell some more fans out there. I'd appreciate it very much to more Viking fans because there's so many of you out there. So now if you could be a part of if you'd like to be a part of this show, 
do call into the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Mention you're calling into a Purple Mafia. Do your shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is. Leave your name and town, and you will be played on air, and uh, it'd be terrific. So, any of you out there, please do call in. It's one of my fellow colleagues on the sportsstuff.com. Why not call in? Some of you out there that have called in the past, call in as well. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. It would be great. Andre, if you're still out there, give a call. Jason from Delta, give a hey, call in. It'd be great to have any of you on here. Farzine, definitely, buddy, and uh, Dylan, any of you, just call in, join the show. So that's going to put the wraps on episode number 50, as we're just going to hope and pray that this game does not send the Vikings into a losing streak, that it uh, the Vikings do recover from this quickly, and they have a nice, impressive victory over the Cincinnati Bengals this coming Sunday. We're, it's, it's all in the Vikings. We're just going to have to wait and see. So we're going to have to lift that December curse for Mr. Brett Favre, ASAP. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.